Hello, hello, and welcome to the Healthy Body Podcast. My name is Brianna Wilkerson from Mainwell, and I am your host. I am a holistic health and life coach, CrossFit Level 1 trainer, and a doTERRA essential oils advocate on a mission to empower women to be healthy and thrive in all areas of their lives. But I truly believe in order to do that, it starts with your physical health and it starts with having a healthy body. So this podcast is all about providing you with the resources, support, and encouragement you need to get a healthy body and healthy life in a natural, sustainable way. You'll find solo episodes and interviews on what I call my seven pillars of a healthy body, nutrition, exercise, stress management, sleep, digestion, toxic load, and mindset and habits and other areas of your life. You'll also find bonus essential oil features empowering you to use essential oils in your everyday life. I'm so excited you're here again and hope you subscribe, rate, review, and let me know how each episode impacted you. So stay tuned for the next episode and a brief introduction to the episode's sponsor. This episode of the Healthy Body Podcast is sponsored by my 5-Day Spring Detox Challenge. From May 6th to 10th, you will be able to learn all the tools that you need to detox your body and home this spring. We'll look at what toxins are, how you can take care of them in your environment, in particular in your food, your kitchen, your cleaning, your hair, and your skin. So if you're ready to finally detox your body and home this spring, and for once and for all, then join us at madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge. madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge. All right, that's it. And let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Body Podcast. My name is Brianna Wilkerson and I am your host. And today, as we continue our conversation on the podcast, in my coaching groups, in my coaching programs, and even even in essential oils, all about detoxing your body this spring, I thought rather than create a new episode with a new guest or new content, I would bring back one from the vault, is what I guess I'm going to call it that I did earlier this year with Lara Adler. Now, Lara Adler is like your go-to, at least my go-to person for all things personal environmental toxins. I don't know how I found her on the World Wide Web, but I just started following her, then I started taking her courses around talking toxins, and I've just learned a lot about what it really means to detox your body of you know, personal environmental toxins in your home, in particular, in areas such as food and pesticides, kitchen, cleaning, hair, skin, and so much more. A lot of the things I'm talking about this month. So I thought, let me bring back the episode I did with her earlier in this year, in January, that talks all about how how toxins really impact your health. It's about, I think, 40, 45 minutes. I'm not quite sure, but it was just a really, really great educational value-based episode that as we continue this particular conversation, I wanted to bring it back because she's the one I'm learning all this from and she's the one I really look up to in this area and has just has a lot to say. She spent maybe a decade, a long time researching this stuff and she teaches other health and wellness professionals more about this and how they can include that into their practice. So that is what this episode's all about. Um, it was originally episode, I think, 75 or 76 on the podcast early in January. So I'm just bringing back the interview just with her. But I just wanted to remind you before I share that episode, I wanted to remind you of my five-day spring detox challenge that is happening now. This week, it is on the third day when this is coming out. And it's all about helping you get one small actionable item 
and once in one small way to detox your body and your home through looking at your food, kitchen, hair, skin, and cleaning items. And then I'm going to be doing some essential oil kind of solutions to kind of encourage you to even make your own, make your own solutions because it's actually more cheaper and it's fun and it's healthy. And so if you go to madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge, madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge, you could join us for the rest of the week. And then I am offering a special, 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 special offer. Did I say special enough? A special, special offer for those who are going through the challenge and that'll be released on Saturday. It is a special offer to get support via coaching and essential oils in detoxing your body and home in 30 days even more in depth than just what we're going through in the challenge and then also help in the long term because that's what it's all about long-term support and this is all a journey all right so join the challenge first it is a free challenge all you women out there madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge all right and now here is the episode with lara Uh, make sure you join the challenge and share with us your takeaways and if not um share with us in the healthy body community what you learned from this podcast all right i'll talk to you soon all right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Body Podcast. It is Brandon Wilkerson, your host. And today with me, I have Laura Adler to talk a little bit more about toxins. She's the one online that I follow about everything toxin natural related. So I'm just so excited to um, have her on today. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay, of course. So can you just maybe uh, take a moment and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so I'm an environmental toxins expert and educator, and I have um, almost for the last seven years been uh, almost exclusively educating uh, allied health practitioners like health coaches, nutritionists, chiropractors, acupuncturists, doulas, fitness professionals, the whole gamut, um, about the role that chemicals in our daily lives, uh, hidden in the consumer products that we buy and use every day, hidden in our food, in our drinking water, even in the air that we breathe, how these chemicals can affect our health um, and where these chemicals are found, how they affect us, and most importantly, what we can do about them. And, you know, I just sort of stepped into this space um, unintentionally. I was always interested in health and nutrition. Uh, in my you know teens and early twenties, and uh, you know, but but had another sort of corporate career in stock photography, intellectual property, totally unrelated. Um, but was sort of secretly always interested in in wellness, and um, you know, I discovered this thing called health coaching, and I was like, ooh, this might be a fun way to kind of flex that healthy nerdy muscle while being able to help people, and maybe that will be my job. Uh, it was sort of a novel idea at the time. So I went back to school, got certified as a health coach, and pretty quickly started to see clients. But some of my clients, uh, they were mostly looking to me for weight loss. Um, some of my clients had great results. Other clients had no results. And that really kind of left me, you know, scratching my head wondering, what I was missing. So it was really in diving into the research into resistant weight loss that I landed into this sort of whole world of environmental chemicals because there's a strong connection between chemicals and weight gain. But also my sister-in-law was pregnant with my niece at the time. She's now nine and a half. It's my written gauge for how long I've been doing this uh, in case I ever forget. Um, and I was really sort of frantically researching products for my, you know, soon to be 
arriving niece on what would be safe. And I was sort of horrified by what I was researching. And I realized quickly that this is not a conversation that was being had out there in the world. And it wasn't even a conversation that was being had uh, within the community of health coaches and nutritionists that I was, you know, kind of coming from. And I figured if, if we don't know, who's going to be the one that's going to tell the, just, you know, the general population. Um, and so I really started to, um, you know, do all the research that I could. It's a nonstop full-time job doing research because this topic changes all the time. Um, and so, you know, it, I decided to start working with the health practitioners to up their fluency so they can be a support uh, person for their community and the communities that they serve. So it was kind of an accident, but um, think it was meant to be because it's a topic that I'm I'm quite passionate about. Hmm. That's just amazing because I think as I learn a little bit more too, you know, we were talking earlier about um, that, you know, I do doTERRA and one of the big things is reducing your toxic load and just the, I think it was so interesting that you talk about the impact of toxins on your weight gain because yeah. I think we don't, we don't typically make that connection and, you know, oh. we say nutrition and exercise, that's it. We forget about stress, sleep, and especially... Why, you know, why would we make that connection? Because there's yeah. no, you know, like, oh, how could my shampoo be making me fat, right? Yeah. And so there's a sort of, like, incredulous idea that, or, you know, feeling that, like, there's just no way that those things are real. And you're right, you know, the, the conversation has centered around diet and exercise, diet and exercise. If I just eat less, if I just work out more... If I just go back on Weight Watchers, like it's always that, you know, I think we're, we're programmed and conditioned to think that it's just one thing, right? Like we want the smoking gun. We want to think in simplistic, basic terms because we, when we do that, it's more likely that we will, quote, find a solution, right? This worked for my cousin Susie. Maybe it'll work for me. And so, we, you know, it, we're... we're distilling this really complex web of mechanism into just the simple calories in calories out. And um, the reality is that it's more complex than that. And there's pieces of the conversation around weight that are very directly tied to exposure to environmental chemicals, both us as adults and, you know, when we are in utero being exposed to these chemicals that can, you know, change the outcome for those children's lives where they can maybe increase their um, uh, propensity for developing weight problems in adulthood themselves. So it's a sort of a new conversation, newish conversation in the weight loss realm. Um, but it's a big one. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just so important. Yeah. So what have you found to be, you know, because this is a, and you've been doing this for years, and as you research, you probably learn more and more. There's so many facets too, but what yeah. have you found to be some of the, the biggest impacts of toxins on our health? And maybe actually before that, what are some of those toxins that people probably should be looking, looking out for in their Yeah, process? so I'll, I'll kind of answer both of those at once, and I'll at the same time apologize for the leaf blower that's now on the other side of my window. It's because all good. You can't always, you can't, they're always there. So hopefully they'll pass um, and hopefully it's not too distracting. So, um, you know, pretty much we all know that chronic illness is on the rise. I think that, you know, whether we look at statistics or data or not, I think intuitively we see that because we see more and more people that are not only sicker, but they're sicker with more complex chronic, that means long-term health issues 
hormone issues, thyroid issues, which is a hormone issue, um, autoimmune issues, digestive issues, allergies, asthma. We've got children with developmental disorders. We've got, you know, this problem with the sort of ballooning weight across our society. We have neurodegenerative um, uh, uh, health issues like dementia and Alzheimer's going up. We've got cancer rates going up. So we, we, we see that these disease diseases are increasing. And unfortunately, a lot of the uh, rates of these diseases are increasing at a rate that is faster than can be explained by genetics. So our genetics don't really change that quickly. But what does change very quickly is the environment. And so when we have disease rates that are upticking faster than can be explained by environment, the only other culprit is uh, explained by genetics, the only other culprit is environment. So when we're looking at how these things can affect us, it's all of those things. It's all of those chronic diseases, but it's also things, you know, like the sort of more seemingly superficial ones like headaches, sneezing, allergies, um, even things like dizziness. So I know a lot of people who have a very hard time walking through like the laundry aisle in a grocery store because the fragrances from these products are so overwhelming that they get a headache, they start sneezing, they get dizzy. So those are sort of more acute reactions. But, you know, what people have to recognize is that, yes, there are acute reactions to exposure to toxins. And I think I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clarify that most people, when they hear the word toxins, are thinking of things that are going to send them to the emergency room or that's going to require a phone call to poison control center. That's not really what we're talking about here. Yes, drinking a bottle of bleach is toxic, has very, very acute effects, will destroy your esophagus, all those bad things in your stomach and all that. Um, that's not really what we're talking about here. What we're talking about are these sort of... Um, really, really, really small levels of exposures that we're getting every single day that are just kind of slowly nudging the direction of our illness or our illness potential or disease potential or disease risk, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, and so we're not typically experiencing in our daily lives acute exposures that are going to require a trip to a doctor immediately. In fact, most of the, uh, quote, symptoms are not things that we would ever associate with an exposure to a chemical like weight gain, right? Like, we would never make that connection, um, but it's there. Uh, we would never make the connection between the personal care products and the laundry detergents, et cetera, and autism or behavioral problems or uh, memory problems or even your mood or your energy problems. So all of the things that you can possibly think of in terms of a health effect um, are or have the potential to be uh, uh, exacerbated by or caused by exposure to environmental chemicals. So, you know, sort of pin the tail on the donkey, it doesn't matter where you pin it. If it's a health issue, there is some link or association between exposure to these chemicals and that health uh, effect. So in terms of like, what kind of things are we seeing? It's those things. It's autoimmune issues. It's Hashimoto's. It's things like early onset puberty. It's things like behavioral problems, ADHD, developmental disorders, social disorders, um, feminization of um, males. We're seeing that. Um, we're seeing you know, things like testicular cancer, ovarian cancer, breast cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, heart disease, diabetes, like literally you name it. That's really what we're seeing. And uh, like I said, the associations are pretty strong. 
So I think that was the first part of your question. I think the second part of your question was, where are we being exposed to these? I think that was correct. So, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, more on the unfortunately side, uh, we are exposed to low levels of environmental chemicals every single day, day in, day out, primarily inside our homes, but absolutely outside of the home. Um, you know, a lot of times we're thinking about toxins uh, or environmental toxins in terms of air pollution and oil pollution and plastics in the ocean. 100% those are environmental toxins. But as individual people, I can't do very much about that on a grand scale. Um, and I'm not necessarily, like, I can control what's in my home. I cannot control what's, what particulate matter might be in the air. And so in, when we're talking about our daily exposures, we're talking about the products that we are buying and using every day. Our household cleaners, our personal care products, our laundry detergents, the plastic containers that we store our food in, our air fresheners, the carpeting under our feet, the couches that we sit on, the paint on our walls. Like it is endless. And I say that knowing that my saying that can overwhelm people. Um, but, you know, the, the idea here, and I think our overall goal is that we want to start dialing down the exposures that we're getting and cutting back on the number of exposures that we're getting so that we can sort of reduce the overall burden on our body to try to process these. So we are exposed in the kitchen through the foods that we eat, through the water that we drink, through our nonstick cookware and our food packaging, whether it's, you know, bisphenol A in the can linings and in our plastic containers, um, whether it's the microwave popcorn bag that has uh, perfluorinated chemicals, uh, which are, you know, nonstick chemicals, the same ones that are found in your nonstick cookware. Um, we are exposed through, um, you know, the meats, the dairies, the seafoods that we're eating, the pesticides that are on our produce, and that's just one room. So that, you know, we're being exposed in all the places. And, you know, the, I think the reality of this conversation is that we can't change every single one of those. I know that. And I never will, you know, want people to think that I got to change all the things right away because, you know, most people are not going to be in a position to throw out their sofa if they learn that their sofa has flame retardants. It's a bigger investment. But guess what? Like you can totally change the household cleaners that you use and your laundry detergent and your organic foods and increasing organic foods. Um, so there's a lot that we can do with those products that we're bringing into our homes. Well, sort of a big mouthful just then, but. No, that's good. I mean, I think you just gave an overall summary, but I love how you just, you know, encourage people to start somewhere and start yeah. like slowly changing your, you know, and I think that goes with anything with our health and in life, oh, yeah. you have to start in a small um, but also see it as pr a priority to start small. So for example, you know, reading the toxin solution, I'm just like, am I drinking organic coffee? Cause I drink a lot of coffee and I'm like, Oh man, mm. I don't know if I have been. So I just made that small switch and I've yep. been cleaning my produce, trying to obviously get clean. And then if not, I clean it with you know lemon and all that. And I honestly, in the last two weeks have felt a huge difference and that's yeah, just small ways, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, the reality that, you know, what's fascinating is that when we give our body a chance, emphasis of when we give it a chance, mm -hmm. it can actually be really good at clearing out some of these toxins. So, uh, you know, 
when it comes to organic foods, there's been a number of uh, studies that have looked at what happens when people switch from like, you know, the regular conventional diet to a mostly organic diet, not even 100% organic because that's really hard and people eat out and most restaurants don't serve organic food. But even a mostly organic diet um, drops the circulating levels of organophosphate pesticides in the body within three to five days to drops it by 90%. 80 to 90% in three to five days. So what that's telling us is that, you know, the, the levels of these chemicals can actually drop significantly in a really short amount of time, just taking those chemicals out of circulation. But the, the required action step to make that happen is avoidance. So we have to avoid exposure. And that's what happens when people are switching from pesticide laden conventional foods to organic foods. They're avoiding those pesticides and herbicides that are uh, residues that are on those foods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we start taking action for some people, uh, you know, toxins is the last, like is the thing that's keeping them stuck either in their hormonal problems or their autoimmune problems or their weight problems or their allergy problems or their energy problems. Because a lot of times you know, people have done, quote, all the things already. Like, they did all the other things. They're sleeping, they're exercising, they're starting to eat better, and nothing's happening. That's really when we, you know, when people start kind of moving in the direction of perhaps looking at their environment. I just want people to do that sooner so that they don't have to go through that process of being like, oh, I did everything else. Um, And this is a simple thing to do, is to start making these changes. But, you know, yeah, there's, you know, Eating an organic diet over a conventional diet is hugely important. A study just came out that found that um, eating organic food dramatically lowers cancer risk. This is a large, large study. Tens, uh, you know, a couple, uh, 10, I don't remember how many people, 30,000 people or something in this study. Um, And it it dramatically lowers the risk of certain cancers. So why why wouldn't you? Cancer's on the rise. Mm -hmm. Cancer rates are increasing. But of course, when we look at, you know, the news about cancer, it's, oh, uh, you know, the, the, um, the death rate is decreasing, meaning people are living longer with cancer, but are they living better? Mm-hmm. And um, increased lifespan doesn't mean anything if incidence rates are going up. And that's what we need to look at. And incidence rates are going up. That means more people are getting cancer than they used to. Who cares? I don't want to say who cares how long they live. That's an insensitive way to phrase it. But the more important metric is, is cancer increasing, not can we manage it better? Right. right. And so, um, you know, if, if we have a study that's saying, look, just, just on its own, the consumption of organic foods can decrease cancer risk. Let's all go do that. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. Because that's not, I feel like those reports aren't, aren't really what we're being sought, you know, shown. And so, and I think it's just so interesting too, because my, I think my pastor the other day was just like, we were talking about death and he's just like, you know what, I would rather live a really healthy life and then just go versus living 10, 15, 20 more years sick. Sick. And everyone's like, what? But he's like, why would you want to do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And I think that's, you know, disease is common. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference between common and normal. And I think we've all come to expect that like, well, I'm going to end up getting some disease because everybody else has disease. Well, mm-hmm. that's not normal. Just because something is common does not mean that it's normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's common 
at this day and age is that women develop cancer. That's pretty common. Is that normal? No, Mm -hmm. it's not normal. Mm -hmm. But because it's so common, it's just sort of like pervasive in our thinking and our mindset and our expectation. And so we feel this, you know, sort of, oh, well, I guess it's going to happen, you know, because it's common. Um, Why bother doing anything? And I think that's a really short-sighted approach because we can do so much. We can Mm -hmm. do so much to alter the expression of our genes. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, my genes are my destiny. Cancer runs in my family. Dementia runs in my family. And for a long time, we did think that our genes were our destiny. And it's sort of like, oh, okay, well, I got dealt a bad set of cards. But we know now that our environment, and by our environment, I mean exposure to chemicals, stress, exercise, diet, nutrition, everything, trauma, all of these things can actually alter the expression of our genes, kind of flip them on or off like a light switch. So just because you have genes in your family for cancer doesn't mean that you have to turn those genes on. If you lead a lifestyle that, um, you know, you smoke and you don't exercise and you eat a poor diet and all of those things, those are more likely to turn that switch on. But by doing the inverse, we can actually alter that expression and turn that gene off. And that's what's so powerful about epigenetics and our genetics is that it's malleable and we can change it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we start reducing our exposures to toxins, which are one of those things that can alter gene expression and not in the right direction, um, you know, it's, it's, it's changeable. The expression is that, you know, your genetics loads the gun and it's the environment that pulls the trigger. So change your environment, take your finger off the trigger. Yeah. And I think it's important what you're saying too. Like, so for example, my grandfather who, who used to smoke and who used to drink, and I think he eventually cut those out, went to the doctor, like you're at risk of diabetes. He's like, okay. And he's 70 something, maybe 80 something at this point. He's like, okay, I got to change this. And he did, and he's not at risk anymore, you know? So yeah. it's like, it doesn't matter what the age or the situation, we yeah. can do something to a certain extent. Ab- right? Absolutely. And you know, what I think is great is, you know, when we start addressing the little, you know, little bits of exposures that we're getting every single day um, uh, in our homes, like we can do that pretty quickly. And what's nice is that, you know, when we're changing our diet, that can actually be pretty hard for people mm-hmm. because there's a lot of emotion and culture and history and preference that's sort of tied into um, food and, you know, the psychology of eating and, 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 you know, emotional eating. And, you know, when you switch your laundry detergent, it's not this like agonizing, like, should I eat the cake? Should I not eat the yeah. cake? Like, you just make the switch. You know, you're not going to look in your cabinet and be like, I really love all those plastic containers. I just... I don't know how I could live without them. Like that doesn't happen. So when people start making the switch to reducing exposures to these products in their homes, again, things like plastics, um, food packaging, canned foods, uh, pesticides on their uh, produce, um, their personal care products, their household cleaners, getting rid of things like air fresheners. Like when people start making those switches, it can actually feel um, very uh, freeing. Yeah. Right. It's sort of like a burden lifted because, you know, some of these interventions are free. Like if people are using uh, uh, scented candles and air fresheners and plugins, like those are all made with highly toxic 
not again in the poison control way, but toxic on a cellular level, um, uh, chemicals, particularly um, uh, the fragrances that are used, contain a chemical called phthalates. Phthalates are an endocrine disrupting chemical, so that means that they mimic or block the, the role of other hormones, particularly um, estrogen, but other hormones, it can be androgens, anti-androgens, um, testosterone, and they can actually interfere with our hormone levels in very significant ways. And so to deal with that, guess what? We just throw them out and then stop buying new ones. Like that's a free intervention. Mm -hmm. Just don't buy them. Yeah. And just find a more natural alternative. Yeah. Like if somebody wants to have a fragrance in their home, go with a good quality essential oil, but you don't need to have these synthetic fragrances. And what I tell people is, you know, when people switch from like a conventional, you know, sad SAD American diet, standard American diet, where they're eating, you know, Pringles and Fritos and this hyper salty, hyper sweet, hyper fat, super hyper palatable food, their taste buds are like fried. So mm -hmm. of course vegetables are going to be like, well, this doesn't taste like anything. Well, yeah. of course it doesn't taste like anything. You, your taste buds need major recalibration. And what happens is when people move away from that hyper palatable food, their taste buds do calibrate and then they can, you know, really enjoy the subtlety of flavors in fruits and vegetables and uh, their whole palate changes. And the same thing can actually happen for us when we get rid of all these synthetic fragrances that, you know, at, for a while, maybe we, you know, we love them and we think of them as normal. And then you kind of clear out, clear them out of your home and your home doesn't stink like, you know, morning dew and autumn sunrise and all this, you know, garbage. <laughs> they're like paint chips. So, you know, like yeah. they're just those names. Um, that your sense of smell recalibrates. And if you clear all that stuff out and then you go back into a house that has those things or, you know, like what happens for me all the time is anytime I'm like going to the airport and I got to get in a lift, undoubtedly there's one of those like air fresheners in the I car. I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh God, they're everywhere. Um, I can't tell you how many like unsolicited mini lectures I've given to people. Oh my gosh. Sometimes well received, sometimes yes. not. But that when they walk back into that environment, they're like, oh God, I have a headache, yeah. where they were swimming in it before. And so, you know, it, we can actually change the way that our sort of palate responds to these scents. And I think it's so important to get them out of our home environment. And, the, you know, it's not just for this sort of like theoretical detoxing my space. When we get these out of our homes, we can actually reduce the levels of these chemicals in our bloodstream, just like I said with the pesticides. So there was a study done, um, it's called the Hermosa study, and it was looking at Latina girls, like you know, 12, 13 years old, and the personal care products they were using. And that, you know, the study recruited a bunch of girls to say, okay, we're gonna measure your urine for metabolites of these chemicals with the products that we're using, and then we're gonna give you personal care products that don't have these synthetic chemicals that we're measuring. And we're going to have you use those and we're going to measure your urine levels after three days. And they found that just after three days of switching to these safer, less toxic personal care products that didn't contain the phthalate fragrances and paraben preservatives and triclosan, which is an antibacterial ingredient, the levels of those chemicals dropped in their bodies between, I think it was like 20 and 40 something percent just in three days. Hmm. So we're doing this, 
not for fun, not for yeah. a theoretical, like, oh, I'm just reducing. It, it actually helps to reduce our exposures, re- reduce the levels of these chemicals in our body. Our body cannot detoxify or metabolize every chemical that we come in contact with that quickly. Some of them, um, you know, stick around for a very, very long time. So non-stick chemicals, the perfluorinated chemicals, um, the flame retardant chemicals, some of these can have uh, what's called a half-life, which means that only half, like this is the amount of time it takes for half of the quantity provided no new input um, to be metabolized or broken down. Um, But the half-life of some chemicals uh, like PCBs can be up to 25 years. Mm. So, you know, that means that we're building uh, the levels up inside our body faster than our body can break them down. And that's a problem. And, you know, we know that these chemicals are in us because the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, in partnership with the National Institutes of Health, regularly measures levels of chemicals in people. And they found over 212 chemicals um, in humans. So we know that, you know, we are being exposed. We know that these chemicals are inside of us. And there's all of this research that's been coming out over the last, you know, 20 years that's showing that these low levels that we're getting every day can actually be super impactful in our health. The um, model of thinking, especially in the field of toxicology, but in general, when it comes to chemicals, is there's only going to be a health effect if you're exposed to like a big pile of this chemical, right? Like if you work in a factory or you have some, you know, like you trip and fall into a big vat of phthalates and, oh, that's really bad. That's really toxic because the sort of idiom in in the um, world of toxicology is that the dose makes the poison, which means that the higher the dose, the more increase of risk or harm or, or, um, symptom and the inverse being that small exposures don't really do anything. They're not meaningful. And for some things like radiation, hundred percent true. That is very true. We get a radiation exposure from being out in the sun from, you know, bananas have radiation. Everything has radiation. Those low levels don't affect us. It's the high levels of radiation that do affect us. So that's true. But for a lot of these chemicals that we're being exposed to that, um, dose makes the poison argument does not hold true. And these smaller doses that we're getting, these really teeny tiny bits that we're getting in our shampoo and in our body lotion and our deodorant and our, you know, hair pro- other hair products, um, those low levels do actually have um, an impact. Uh, they are bioactive at levels that are very low. So it's so important for us to start addressing these exposures and clearing them out um, out of our daily lives as much as we can. Yeah. So if people listening are like, they're probably like, Ooh, you know, but you gave them a good overview. So like, what would you say are the first few kind of steps if they're really new to, you know, reducing their toxic load, what can they do from here? Great. Well, there's a lot that we can do. So, um, you know, there's a a couple sort of non-negotiables for me that are the first steps that people can take to start decreasing their toxic load. And then I'll answer um, by sharing some things that we can do to increase our ability to detox. Mm -hmm. So we're decreasing exposure while increasing detoxification. It's the sort of one, two punch process. So in terms of reducing exposure, eat organic food as much as possible. It's a big deal. 
We should all be doing it. If somebody is pregnant or has children, this should be a non-negotiable. Should be a non-negotiable. I know that it's hard for people to budget. I know that eating organic can be more expensive. It is worth it. So eating organic, um, I think, is number one. Um, number two is going to be, and some, you know, some of the rest of these are, it doesn't really matter what order that you do them in, just that you do them. Um, ditch the plastics in your kitchen. Plastic's not going anywhere. I'm surrounded by plastic. I have supplements that are in plastic bottles and plastic eyeglasses and plastic pens. We're not really concerned about those types of plastics. We're really only looking at plastic exposures that are happening in the kitchen that have direct contact with our food. Kids should not be eating off of plastic plates with plastic utensils and plastic cups. They can handle glass plates or glass cups and metal utensils. It's just a, people did it for decades, right? Um, and we lived. So um, we want to ditch the plastic that's coming in contact with our food. That means we're, you know, we're not heating things up in the, in the microwave in plastic containers. We're not storing our leftovers in plastic. Um, and eventually we're moving towards buying foods that are packed in glass versus plastic. That's an important piece, but it's sort of a, let's get that when we get to it. Um, reducing the use of canned foods because canned foods can contain um, uh, the chemical uh, bisphenol A or some of the replacement chemicals like BPS or BPF. Uh, so, you know, even when we're saying move away from plastics, that includes moving away from BPA-free plastics because BPA is just one chemical in this family and manufacturers will often swap that out with other chemicals that are just as problematic. So it's kind of a, a disingenuous um, label. Mm -hmm. So getting rid of plastics is super important. Um, I would say absolutely look at the home fragrances that people have. So ditch the scented candles, air fresheners, plugins, room sprays, Febreze products. These are just literally polluting the air inside your home. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency has found that the quality of air inside our home, meaning the amount of air pollution that we have, can be five to a hundred times worse than air outside. So we think that it's the air outside that's polluted. If we're using all of these fragranced products and have lots of off-gassing materials, um, our indoor air can actually be worse, which is a bummer since we spend, you know, 90% of our lives indoors, um, whether it's our home or our office, uh, we spend usually, you know, at least 60% of our lives at home. So it's a, important to address. So those are sort of like the, the low hanging fruit items for sure. Looking at personal care products um, would be next. Um, filtering your drinking water, super important. People take for granted that our water is quote clean in this country. Um, yes, we do not get typhoid and cholera dysentery from our water because of bacterial contamination, but um, everyone is drinking some uh, contaminants that are, you know, links to health issues in our drinking water. So it's super important to filter our water um, all the time as much as possible. So those are all things that we can do to, to, you know, start decreasing the exposures that we're getting. But if we want to pair that with things that we can do to actually increase the speed at which some of these chemicals that we are exposed to leave our bodies, we can make sure that we're eating super nutrient dense foods, that we're eating our broccolis and our cabbages and our kales because uh, these brassica 
the family of vegetables, these brassicas can actually actually have compounds in them that help with liver detoxification and liver detoxification is our sort of primary, the liver is the primary workhorse in breaking down those chemicals. So we really want to do anything that we can to support our liver. We can do things um, like making sure that we are eating selenium rich foods, that we're eating things like um, any antioxidant rich foods are going to help combat some of the effects of exposures. And then things like sweating. So get in the sauna. Sauna is a great way to help mobilize and excrete some of the toxins that we're exposed to. Um, and there's a lot of studies primarily coming out of Finland showing that regular sauna use, in essence, decreases all-cause mortality. Um, so it's really uh, sort of a, a lifestyle practice that feels good, um, that's safe, uh, and um, that can really help to decrease our toxic load. So we want to dial down our exposure and dial up our detox um, uh, pathways. So that's sort of like, I think when people take that one-two approach, um, we can actually see a big shift in how we feel uh, for some people pretty quickly, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. So good. You, this has so many good gems for people this, this episode. Okay. I have to go re-listen. Like you just put it all together in one place. So that's just awesome. I think those listening just really kind of hopefully you can go back, take some notes and just ask yourself, what's that one thing you can do to decrease your load and increase your detox? Um, yeah. Think- and just pick one thing. So, you know, what I always tell people is, look, we didn't get into this mess overnight. We can't expect right. to get out of it overnight. Um, I know that, you know, in hearing some of, you know, part of, I have no desire ever in life to be like a shock and awe person because I just think that it's just not the best way to get someone's attention. And uh, I think that it's not worth sugarcoating the issue. We want to tell it like it is. And, and if that serves to motivate people to go, you know, oh crap, let me go to do something about it. Great. And that's really what, you know, I want to encourage people to do is to actually start doing something about it. Um, you know, what's great is that when people start doing something about it, uh, manufacturers, large-scale companies are starting to um, respond by shifting the, the products, mm-hmm. shifting the landscape, and, you know, that shifts the landscape for everyone. So we have big box stores like Costco, Target, Walmart, CVS now, has all, all pledging to start um, removing some of these questionable chemicals from their store brand products, having more transparency about the other products that they share. And that's because of consumer demand, because people are taking small action steps like buying this shampoo instead of that shampoo. So when we can kind of take action, it, we change it for ourselves, but we also help change it for everybody else, which I think is so important. Um, so, you know, I think that Pick one thing. If it takes a year to go through all those things, great. It takes a year. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like people, you know, people don't need to feel like they have to, you know, take their big sweeping arm to their personal care products and cleaners and throw them all in the garbage. You recognize that that can be expensive. So what I tell people if they're not willing to do that is finish the product and when it's time to buy a new one, make a better choice. That's it. Mm-hmm. And because the consumer demand in this is shifting in this area, um, across all industries, we're seeing so many more uh, options for people mm-hmm. in terms of products, safer products that are available 
all over the place that just didn't exist 10 years ago. So, you know, safer laundry detergents, safer personal care products, safer household cleaners, um, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's so much, there's no more excuses is basically what it is. If Target is selling cleaner personal care products and cleaner laundry detergents and cleaner soaps, we have no excuse. Yeah, agreed. And so can you maybe share, I think uh, you have some resources on your website too. If those people are looking at some, whether it's books or like suggested products, do you have any, like a list of any of those on your website? That yeah, so... Yep. So people can just go to lauraadler.com forward slash resources and you'll see, you know, we're constantly adding new pages to that, you know, right now. Uh, and it's not exhaustive lists, but there are products that I've looked at and I vetted and I'm like, yeah, these are great. So we've got things like, you know, skincare, personal care products, makeup, deodorants is always a big one. Um, we have feminine care products. We have oral health products. We're working on household cleaners, laundry detergents that's coming up. Um, and then if people want to read about it, there's, you know, certainly um, there is on one of those resource pages, um, a page on books that they can read. Um, and, you know, if people really want to kind of dig in and start taking action on this, um, they can also check out my intro course, even though it's intended for uh, practitioners. I've had hundreds and hundreds of just regular people who are motivated. They're kind of nerdy. They want to know <laughs> more than just what they're going to see on a blog post somewhere and they want to start taking action. Um, then they are welcome to come in um, into that course. It's, you know, it's low cost, it's short, someone can do it in a weekend, and it can really help kind of guide them on what are those action steps. So there's lots of different places. Um, people can follow me on Instagram. I give lots of good stuff on there, uh, good info on there. My Instagram is at environmental toxins nerd. Uh, and uh, yeah, so there's lots of there's lots of resources. I'm certainly not the only person who's out there kind of beating this drum, um, but uh, they can come and check me out, or you know, kind of go down the rabbit hole if they if they choose. Yeah, and I love what you do too. Is that you know you're saying yeah there aren't you aren't you aren't the, the only person, but constantly through your emails you're sharing about what other other people are doing too. So yeah. it's almost like I say sign up for your email list, and then you'll learn what everyone else is doing too. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much information that's coming out now. You know, we are in the information age and, you know, for better or worse, we're all on our computers and devices um, for better and worse, maybe yeah. for, or for worse than for better. But, you know, we have at our fingertips this sort of dearth of information. And the pro of that is that we can find answers to almost anything that we want. The con of that is navigating and sifting through that so overwhelming and most people just don't have the time don't have the you know inclination or desire to do it you know and I just happen to be somebody who likes sifting through that information so I try to present all of what I'm learning in this sort of concise digestible actionable manner because at the end of the day action is what we want to be taking Mm -hmm. Uh, when we are in action we are out of overwhelm so overwhelm happens when we do nothing yeah and as soon as we start taking action, that overwhelm tends to dissipate. So we do one thing at a time, um, mm-hmm. one step forward at a time. And I think that collectively we can, um, you know, have a tremendous positive impact on our health issues and our health in general um, and um, sort of collectively for the, for the marketplace as we yeah. start shifting these um, purchases. Mm-hmm. And we already see that happening. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
And just to be clear, your intro course, is that your tools for toxicity course? Yes, or? it's tools okay. for teaching toxicity. We're going to go through, we're going to go through a name change oh, really? at some point later this year. It's going to get a little makeover because literally no one in the seven years I've been teaching this class can say that name. Oh. So we're going to find something that's a little bit better, but yes, that's the intro course um, that people can check out if they feel so inclined to kind yeah. of dig I'll uh, link it in here too because I've been eyeing that course too. So oh, yeah, it, it no, looks just it. like I'll just say this by looking at it and learning about toxins the way I have. It's just that's a really good intro course. It looks like so, guys. If you're really interested, check it out. Yeah, girl, get in there. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm almost psyched, um, waiting for Christmas and be like, can someone buy it for me for Christmas? But I can buy it. I just need to sale at Thanksgiving. Okay, noting that every well, this goes out later. But yeah, I it's going on sale at Thanksgiving. We're doing a three day sale, so I think nice. it's like, I think it's thirty percent off. So awesome. I mean, um, even what even what it's priced out right right now is good. Like yeah, you know, and I and I and honestly, um, it's that way because I want this to be a stupid yes right. for people because the topic is overwhelming. And I think what we all need is somebody to hold our hand and say, look, here's exhibit A, here's exhibit B, here's exhibit C. So that you don't, I mean, there's hundreds of hours of research. There's hundreds of research citations in this content. Um, and, you know, I, I want people to not be, you know, it's, it's, it's intended to be accessible. So, because I think it's just so important that at the very minimum, people, at the very least, people are doing everything in their homes and if for their practitioner, for their clients or patients, that's covered in that course. It's the, it's the fundamentals. It's what I call the non-negotiables. Let's all do this. Even if we only did this, we'd be way ahead of the game. Right, right. Okay, so good. I'll make sure to link that in. So, Thank you so much for everything you shared. This is like a master class times two. So I think everyone's going to be really blessed. So thank you um, everyone for listening as well. Be sure to check the blog post with all the links that Laura mentioned and be sure to join the healthy body community for women on Facebook to kind of just unpack this, this podcast. So thank you again, Laura. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Healthy Body Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and you're leaving inspired and encouraged to go detox your body and home in a natural way. So make sure you join us in the challenge. It is happening this week and it is free. Go to madewell345.com slash spring detox challenge and you'll be able to learn what it means to detox your body and home in a natural way. And for all my challenge participants, I'll be offering a special offer at the end. So please check it out and make sure you join the Healthy Body community on my free group on Facebook where you can learn all about it. All right, that's it. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.